Absolutely. Always. Hello, it is us. We are here. It is the Fight IQ 295 show. We are going to go over every fight on the card, which features two title fights, um, an interim heavyweight title fight, and a fight for the vacant light heavyweight title, which is kind of funny that both of those kinds of title fights are on the same card, but they are both excellent matchups with Sergey Pavlovich taking on Tom Aspinall and Alex Pereira, the former middleweight champion, taking on the returning Yuri Prohaska, who is always a lot of fun. Uh, with me as, well, not always, but we're turning it into a regular thing. We're happy about that. Uh, Drake is joining us again, along with uh, Sun Tzu, Joe here, and we're going to break down this card. And fellas, let me just open it up by asking a general question. What do we think about this card? Do we like it? Do we not like it? I was talking to Drake briefly before the show. We were talking about how there's a lot of closely lined fights on this card, and, you know, that can be beneficial if you have a strong lean one way or the other. You can really go hard somewhere. So what are we thinking about this card? General thoughts. Drake, we will start with you. What do you got? I'm really excited for this card. I think it's pretty stacked up and down. There's a lot of uh, just really entertaining fights. And like we had you know mentioned, uh, a lot of the odds are really close, which makes it you know, so much better. It's not a bunch of heavy favorites and things that you just kind of expect. Um, there should be a lot of crazy stuff on this card. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joe, um, I know, I know you are waiting to um, brag about your good weeks once again, but before we do that, uh, give us just your general thoughts on the card and what you're looking forward to uh, here. Sure. So I honestly think this card has, is shaped up as a better card than the original card where we were going to see essentially a retirement fight between, you know, Stipe Miocic and, and John Jones. I think this is actually a better card. Now, um, you know, you could argue when we get to the, you know, co-main we'll argue um, or we'll debate whether, it, you know, the UFC did Aspinall any favors, um, you know, 12 days notice, um, you know, I don't know how much he showed when he, you know, finished Martin Tybora, Marcin Tybora. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think this is a great GPP card. Um, I don't know if it's great for cash. I haven't really built a lot of lineups yet. I, I got really behind in my research and, you know, used the last several hours to catch up. Um, I see some interesting bets. Um, but the betting lines are so close. Um, in some fights, there's some line value. I don't know if it's good line value or not. Uh, it may be. Uh, we'll have to analyze it. Uh, and then, you know, just... Burying the lead, you know, last UFC 294, I gave out a Darren Elkins, Edson Barbosa parlay. Um, I was actually live to the PRP. And for those of you guys that don't know, Cody Safdick and, and Paul Shaughnessy on their show, Cody always gives out a, uh, a parlay, which includes all 11, all fights on the card. And I was going into the final fight with Edson Barbosa and Yusuf. 10 and 0. And it was a $25 bet uh, to pay $8,000 to Edson Barbosa. And the $25 bet was a free bet from DraftKings. So I actually went out and put $3,500 on Yusuf, figuring that, you know, I'll win $2,000 worst case. 
right? Like it's it's not gonna, you know, I'm gonna win two thousand dollars worst case. So I was like screaming up and down in the first round with glee that I put on that hedge, that thirty five hundred dollar hedge. Yeah. And then lo and behold, Barbosa comes back. I end up winning, you know, more money. But um, it was just a glorious card. So we'll see if we could do yeah. something with this card. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully uh, we'll duplicate that. Hopefully the rest of us can get in on the fun. I'll tell you, if I listened to Joe, I, I would be a much wealthier man. But I am stubborn, which I think is is part of my charm, uh, at least a little bit. So we are going to get into this card. But before we do that, I just want to mention uh, very quickly that uh, you want to try Rotowire, all our content. My stuff, Drake stuff, all our optimizers, uh, all free, 10-day free trial, www.rotowire.com, backslash free, no credit card required at all. And uh, we are going to dive right in as soon as my computer uh, gives us the okay to do so. This this is how you vamp. This is, uh, in the professionals, they say, they say vamping. You don't want any dead air, so... If something's loading or you got to do something, uh, we you vamp. You just sort of say things until your computer loads. And, and that's the reason, how we by do the way, kids. while Chris is loading his computer, the reason we're late right. is because of me. My computer started to – was running fine all day, and then uh, Google started acting up. So I had to, you know, task delete some windows and, you know, sign back in. So that actually yeah. cost me some time. It's all It's all on me. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe it's not my fault. Maybe uh, maybe there's something uh, going around the internet. But uh, let's forget about that for now and move on to the first fight. It is Jamal Emmers at 9,400. Taking on Dennis Bazuksha at 6,800. The line on this fight is Emmers at minus 250. Uh, Bazuksha at plus 200. And I have to start off the show with a big dog pick, the way I like him. Um, oh. Jamal Emmers has just never been that impressive for me. I remember when he fought Giga Chikadze. Everyone thought he was just going to out-wrestle Chikadze. And then out and then Chikadze not out-wrestled him, but was better than him on the ground, reversed him on the ground. And in his last fight, um, he had a speed advantage. And I think that's almost to his detriment because he, he uses it to skirt outside the octagon and not do much else with it. And I think that lost him what was ultimately a pretty close decision uh, the last time out. Bazooksha is very aggressive. Uh, he's powerful. He will corner you up against the fence. And if nothing else, I think he can win this on work rate. I know that Emmers is a wrestler um, by trade. I, I, not as credential, but I know he's done some wrestling. And, you know, it's just never looked that dominant to me. Never looked like a, a guy who could hit a power double. Never really looked like um, a guy where the wrestling is sort of a threat that, uh, you know, you might get hit with a big overhand because you think the wrestling's coming. So um, a fight like this, I just don't think – I mean, part of it is just Emmer shouldn't be this expensive. Um, so I can't play him. But I also think Bazooksha, um, with his heavy hands, uh, has some at, le at least some cash viability, I think, at 68. Um, because I really do think – and I mean – I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but at 68, the line should be a little more than 250 anyway, no? Or is that about right? Yeah, I mean, Joe, you, you can you can speak. It's a speaking podcast, this one is. I understand. I mean, I, I just, I, I am so in disagreement with your pick. 
Um, uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Bazooka is a UFC caliber fighter. Bazooka. I guess he trains oh, at Saralongo in New York, so he's a local boy. Embers is better everywhere, and I think a lot of people are going to confuse boring with bad. Yes, he is a boring fighter. Yes, he is not a great DraftKings play. Um, he is a far better bet, and I love this number. Like I, I think he could be. He could be a minus five hundred. Bazooka's record is so padded. If you look at some of the guys he's fought, like he has fought, like tr- try to find, like, I don't know if the average record of the fighters he's fought is even 500. Like, so yeah, he took a fight on short notice. You mentioned Emmer's last fight. He won that fight. Everybody, everybody thought he won that fight except the judges. Um, split decision loss, split decision loss against Giga Chikatse. I'm not even going to say he has back class because he certainly has back class, but I thought he won the Jenkins fight. Now, if he won that Jenkins fight, he would have scored, he would have scored 79, which is not great. Although he was at 8K, I believe, for that fight. No, I'm sorry, he was at 8,600. So that would have not been good. So I am not advocating Emmers as a DraftKings play. I, I think he's a far better bet. But I also think there are far better underdogs than Bazooka and, and, and even some line value really close to where to where Bazooka is is at. So I'll use that as my 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 pick, which is clearly Emmers. All right. So to be clear, I do think it's just draft. I'm not I'm not advocating to, to uh, well, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can I'll say this. I can see how. If you like Emmer's minus two fifty is an okay price, but what I would say is, um, you know, why did he lose that fight that everybody thought he won? Because he didn't. It's not just that he's boring; it's that he doesn't do enough, and um, that's where this hinges as well. But Drake, um, before you know, everybody gets out their pitchforks, which I guess includes you. But you can go ahead and tell me uh, why I'm wrong as well. I completely agree with Joe. I don't think Bazookia has any chance really in this fight. Aside from that knockout, if you were to happen to, to glance the chin, I just don't see it there. You know, Joe already brought up his, uh, his record. It is padded. He hasn't done anything with anybody that's faced the, uh, a, uh, the fight against Melsic Bagdazari and he got pieced up and Melsic is, you know, he's a, he's a decent fighter. He's not a great fighter. Um, and I completely agree. He did beat Jack Jenkins in that fight. He, on top of having um, pretty much the same amount of strikes, he also had four minutes of control time. So I, I think it just it was one of those things where Jack Jenkins is that up and coming prospect that they want to keep pushing, and it kind of just happened that way. But um, as far as DraftKings go, I you know ninety four hundred I think Emmers is it's. Eh. I, I don't see him paying it off at all. He is my pick to win. I do also like him at minus 250. Uh, great bet play. But, uh, yeah, DK, not so much. All right. So what I would say is people agree with me partially here. But on the other side, maybe not so much. But I will take that as a win. And we'll go on to the next fight, which is Joshua Van at 9,200, taking on a uh, very, very recent uh, Contender Series alum, actually, Kevin Borjas at Seven thousand line on this fight. We have Van at minus two twenty-five, Boras at plus one ninety. Um, this is another one where I feel like the line is a little wide. Um, I like the fight because I feel like they're gonna kind of stand and 
trade with each other, and that's cool. Um, I don't expect Van to be the one to chase takedowns here. If he did, um, I like Borjas getting back to his feet, though he does have an issue with actually getting taken down. We saw that on the Contender Series. Um, I, I just like Borjas's variety a little better in strikes. I like his athleticism a little better. Um, I just I just think he's the better play. Maybe Maybe the more promising prospect out of two guys who I don't really – See is that promising, but if I had to pick one, I think I would take Kevin Boras. So that's my pick, and you know we could get, if not uh, a knockout, some high striking battle here because I think these guys are going to scrap with each other. But uh, Drake, we'll start with you first. How are you seeing this? I'm opposite of you again. I think Van is ah. better everywhere, and if he shoots for a takedown, which he should, because if you watch that contender series fight. He'll see that Borjas's takedown defense is terrible. He was controlled for almost eight minutes in that fight, and it's against, a, a, in my opinion, a lesser fighter. Uh, Van should also have the advantage in volume, speed, quickness, foot movement, all of it. The only thing that I give Borjas the advantage in is power. Um, now, I, Van's another one of those guys that's like in the 9Ks on, on DraftKings. It'd be it's another one where it'll be tough unless he's able to get it to the mat and he can, you know, work some magic down there. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Van. I just, I, he's not my favorite play um, as far as DraftKings or betting goes. Yeah, I think uh, where, where we can agree, even though we, we um, have a lot of disagreement on these two fights, is that neither of the favorites are uh, particularly good plays for DraftKings. But uh, Joe, what do you think about this one here? Yeah, I, um, I, Van is only 22 years old, by the way. Um, coming off a split decision win with uh, the, 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 the fashion icon, uh, Zuma Gulag. Um, I, he's got actually, his only loss was when he was 18 years old. Um, he's also got it. He also had an amateur career. This guy's been fighting for a while, even though he's only 22. Um, I, I thought Ben was pretty impressive. Um, again, you know, it seems like Drake and I are aligned, um, frequently and we're aligned again on this fight. Um, you know, the, his opponent is Barras's coming from the Peruvian regional scene, which I mean, isn't bad, but it isn't great. Um, you know, Van has got some good fights under his belt. I don't necessarily know his team, but um, four ounce fight club, but I, I think he could be a contrarian lower owned GPP. Mm. Play. I would not touch this fight in cash. I also agree that he could, he could take this to the ground. Um, and he's got kind of um uh, he's got he's got a, a nasty choke. Um, he's also won by calf slicer, which you don't actually see too often. So he's won by punches and he's won by and he's won by choke. So I like Van here, 22 years old. Um, you know, coming into this fight, uh, priced expensively, yes, but I also think he is going to be very low owned. Uh, the fighters around him are going to get a lot more ownership. So he's worth a play. And GPPs, depending on how many lineups you're going to build. Um, so I would take that into consideration. And look, he can win and be in a very low scoring fight and just kind of blow up on everybody at his price point. But um, as a contrarian GPP play, I like Van a bit. Um, and I also like him to win the fight quite a bit. All right. Uh, moving on to, I think, some of the more interesting fights. Um, digging into some of the... Um, Closely lined fights we were talking about earlier. It is John Castaneda at 8,800 taking on Kyung Ho Kang at 7,400. Line on this fight. 
Castaneda can be had at minus 130. Kyung Ho Kang at plus 110. Now, I want to preface this by saying the other dog picks in the first two were kind of just because I didn't really love the favorite so much. This one I consider a pure dog pick uh, for Kyung Ho Kang. I, I like him. I, I described him in my article as like one of the more quietly skilled fighters at bantamweight. He can do a little bit of everything. He can grapple. He's very strong. He uses his length well. He can put the combinations together. He's hittable um, for sure. And we saw that in his last fight too. Uh, but Castaneda doesn't really do anything for, for me. He's kind of a solid boxer. He can be pressured. Um, he can wrestle a little bit. Uh, I don't think he would, he's going to want to grapple with Kong or he shouldn't want to. Uh, but I don't like Castaneda all that much as a fighter. I think Kyung has way more tools to get this done. And I'm going to take this as my first official dog play. Um, we'll, we'll wait for Drake. I saw Drake giving the thumbs up, so we will wait on him to uh, confirm my genius. But we'll go with Joe first. Joe, how are you seeing this one here? Okay, so there's obvious line value on on Kang, right? Obvious line value. Probably the best cash play on the card. Um, he's never scored, well, going back as far as I can see in DraftKings, he's never scored less than 40 points, even in a loss. So at 7.3K, he's almost a lock and load or a free square in your cash lineup. With that said, here's where I'm going to disagree. I like Castaneda for the win. I think he's got a power advantage. Um, I think this is going to be a close fight, which is why there's line value. And I don't hate the dog play, um, but let's talk about a 36-year-old Bantamweight, which is is what Hokang is, um, you know, versus Castaneda, you know, who is, you know, who's who I believe has got a power advantage. He's five years younger. Um I, I like Castaneda here for the win, but I, I like, I think, again, Kang is a pretty much a lock and load in cash. But, you know, in my GPPs, I'll have exposure to both sides, but I'm, I'm playing I'm playing Castaneda for the win. All right. And uh, Drake, why don't we, why don't you tell Joe just how wrong he is on this one here? Yeah, Joe and I don't disagree very often, but you know we will disagree on this fight. I uh, Castaneda is nothing; he, he does nothing that impresses me. Um, all of his UFC wins are either you know close wins or losses. He hasn't really beat anybody spectacular. I'd say his best win in the last four fights was Miles Johns, and that's not really saying a whole lot. You go over to, uh, you know, Kang and who he's fought. Uh, his last time out, he beat uh, Quinones with another knockdown. I think he's got four knockdowns in the last six fights, and he's also a major submission threat. That's probably the best part of his game. Um, so, I mean, the guy's got power. And, you know, two fights ago, he survived the lethal onslaught from uh, Dana Batgirl, who has – probably more power than Castaneda. Um, so I love Kang as a uh, play everywhere for this one. He's actually going to be part of my parlay piece at the end. Um, yeah, I, he's, he's one of my favorite plays on the whole slate. Yeah, I agree. Anyone, I, if anyone watching the show has stats on win-loss records for bantamweights over 35, and if they could put that in chat, I, I, that would be very helpful. I, I should have <laughs> researched that. I'm just really curious. Um, but I don't hate it, honestly. Uh, and I think he's going to be the, the only caveat is he's going to be very, very popular because of the line value. I mean, 7.3 K at, at his odds, um, he's going to have a really high ownership. So 
if you're looking to get different, um, I, I don't know if I'd recommend, I mean, playing him in mass entry. Definitely single entry cash. I get it. But I think he's going to be very popular because of the, the odds value. He'll probably be more popular than Castaneda. Oh, by far. Well, yeah, I, I have no doubt about probably that. Probably double. I have no doubt about that. Yes, I would completely agree. All right. And uh, we will see about that. I agree, actually. I, Drake, I thought um, the line was a little confusing uh, when I first saw it, but we will uh, see how that one plays out. And we will move on to the next fight, which is uh, another another one where, uh, well, we'll get to it. Um, Gordon, Jared Gordon at 8,900, taking on Mark O. Madsen at 7,300, the line on this fight. Gordon can be had at minus 187. Uh, Matson at plus 162. And another one for me where I don't like the favorite, so I have to kind of take the dog. Um, Jared Gordon, I mean, look, to his credit, I I thought Bobby Green was going to destroy him, and that's not really how that fight was playing out um, before that headbutt happened. He was kind of outboxing Bobby Green a little bit, I thought, uh, much to my dismay. I think his boxing had gotten a little better, but I think the the, the – um, upshot of that is his wrestling has gotten worse, or at least it's less frequent. Uh, I know that he, I know that you're not going to go out there and try to out wrestle Grant Dawson. So um, that's not the fight I really mean. But just even, you know, I believe the only three takedowns in his last four fights all came against Patty Pimblett. Um, I just, I just don't see enough in his boxing. And at 7,300, I know at least Marco Madsen is going to try to wrestle, going to try to grapple. He's got power. He dropped Grant Dawson in the opening seconds of that fight. Uh, so, you know, at least the cash play. <laughs> Maybe, if nothing else, we get a lot of 50-50 positions. Tie-ups where he's in control. He gets some of that, uh, you know, sweet, sweet um, control time uh, points. But, you know, another one I, where I don't really like the favorite here. I guess if you like Jared Gordon, seeing him below 9K could be something. But it's not as though Mark Madsen has been, you know, chinny or a guy who can who can get knocked out or finished. That's not been not really been um his problem. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Madsen here. Don't love this fight either. Um hopefully we get to some more compelling ones, at least from my standpoint here. But we'll start with Drake. Uh Drake, what are you seeing for this one? I'm gonna preface this with two things. The first All being right. Madsen is going to be very popular. And the second thing is I absolutely hate this fight. Uh, this is my least fight, favorite fight on the card. I don't expect much, much action. I don't expect much out of either fighter, uh, particularly because you already mentioned that Gordon has not really relied on his wrestling too much. He actually prefers to clinch against the cage, which makes a really boring fight. And Madsen is either hit or miss because you go back two, uh, three fights or whatever it is against Clay Guida. He attempted one takedown, and that was a fight that we'd all thought was going to be wrestling. It wasn't. It was pure striking. Um, and you know, if that's, if that's the way this fight goes and, uh, the wrestling cancels out and it's just striking, there's not going to be a whole lot of it. Um, both guys will be less than a hundred strikes. You're not going to get a high score from either fighter. So, I mean, it really, it, this, this fight does not pique my interest at all. Um, I do have Gordon winning just cause if it is a striking match, he is, uh, he throws more volume, but I, I don't like either fighter in this one. Yeah, I kind of agree. Just sort of, I I just kind of made a face when I when I saw this fight. Like I don't, you know, 
not for me. But uh, Joe, you have a different opinion on this one, or uh, are you well, going so, with the well, consensus? Well, maybe. Um, you know, Matson. I mean, pedigree, obviously, wrestler, Olympic, Olympic wrestler. You know, almost forty years old. Um, freak athlete. Uh, does tend to get tired, so the first round might be a little tricky for Gordon. Um, you know, uh, Gordon, when Gordon wins, he puts up phenomenal scores, like phenomenal drafting scores when he wins, right? Um, Matson, not so much after the first two gimmies. I actually thought Gordon won the fight against Pimlet. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I thought he won that fight. Um, aside from that, his pedigree looks really good. He was really doing well against better than many expected against Bobby Green before the headbutt. Um, I think the first round could be tricky. Again, I think Gordon is a contrarian play in GPPs. Um, I do think he might be slightly higher owned than Matson. I'm not really sure. I'm not a great ownership guy. I'll put that on the table. Like I'm not great at forecasting ownership. Um, but I do think Gordon could be interesting here, um, in GPPs, um, or, you know, you and Dre could both be right. And this could be a boring ass fight. Um, you know, because Gordon is not going to try to take down the Olympic wrestler. Um, and it turns into a sloppy, you know, striking. And I do think Gordon wins a striking bout. Um, but absent the takedowns, I don't know what he's going to score. Well, and by the way, both of these guys have a loss to Grant Dawson on their record. Both of them got finished in the third round by Grant Dawson. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of a little bit of trivia, you know. Um, I'm going to pick Gordon here. Uh, I think he's, again, a contrarian GPP play based on what ownership is. And, you know, and there are guys out there that are really good with ownership. And, you know, if you're playing mass entry, you know, it's something that you have to factor in. Um, so I think Gordon might be a contrarian play. I like him to win. I don't hate if you want to take a shot on, on Matson and cash. However, if I'm going to go down that low in cash, I'd rather play Kang. Yep. I agree. And, uh, now we get to a fight, uh, where I, uh, spoiler alert, I am actually interested in the favorite. It is Nazim Sidikov at 8,500 taking on Slava uh, Slava Borshev at 7,700 line on this fight. I forgot to go to the – here we go. Is minus 145 for Sadikov, plus 125 for Borshev. And, uh, you know, Slava's looked better in his last two fights. Didn't have to deal with wrestlers in those fights. Every time he's had to deal with wrestlers, it's just looked awful. Not only has it looked awful, but his opponent has gotten very fat uh, on the DraftKings uh, scorecard. I expect that to happen here, especially with Sadikov, who is a very strong grappler, uh, notably. And uh, Slava has just shown really no ability to get up off his back. He's a guy who, when he can get in space and get his combos working, he can look really good. I just don't think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to do it here. So I actually uh, love Sadikov at that price. And there's not much more for me to say on that. So I will kick it over to Joe. How are you seeing this one? Uh, you're muted, sir. Sir. Joe, you're muted, my friend. Joe. Can we send a flare to Joe? <laughs> Joe. Joe. 
You're muted. You are muted. Wow, all that hardcore analysis right down the drain. <laughs> I'm going the other way. I like I like Slavikov. I don't I Ooh. don't think that this is going to be a wrestling fight. And I love my guy from Alpha Male in a striking match. Uh, in his last fight, he put up 134 drafting points, um, which I like. And he is he has also got line value. Thank you, Mark. Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh, I am in, I am like now like kind of in incredible knee pain. So. Like, forgive me. That's right. We, um, we got to give him a break. That's true. Yeah. So, true. yeah, I, I apologize. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in his two wins, he put up 112 and 134. And I think he's going to get the striking fight that he likes. And I think while he doesn't have good takedown defense, one thing he does know how to do is get up because <laughs> he just gets taken down again. Um, again, I don't I don't think that there's going to be a lot of wrestling here. Now, I could be wrong, but. At his price point, um, I really like him a lot. Um, at seventy seven hundred, I mean, I, I'm you know at, with the line value, um, I got to go with it. I mean, I got to go with that. It's the other the uh, you know Nazim has got one takedown in two fights. I mean, he's not a takedown machine. He might be a good grappler, but I think he I think there's going to be a striking match, and I love my guy Slob in a striking match. Um, you know, you've got two powerhouse, well, you've got a local camp in Sierra Longo, and then you've got the striking coach from Team Alpha Male in Slav. Give me Slav here in, in, in a fight that could put up a bunch of points at 7.7K. If, he, if he, he throws a lot of volume, if he gets his striking match, he's deadly at range. I could honestly see him knocking out Nazim. So this is one of my favorite GPP underdogs. I, you know, I, I always appreciate the, uh, the, the hotness. I would say that the reason why he hasn't really had a chance, I mean, Elder is more of a wrestler, and McKinney is not a wrestler, but for some reason was in that fight. So we never really got his chance. I think he gets it here, but I uh, could be right. But we will confirm with Drake. Drake, how you seeing this one? I, I actually agree with both of you. I do have Nazim oh. Sadikov winning in this fight. That said, um, you know, how I wrote it up in my article is if uh, Sadikov goes for the takedowns, he can chain the hell out of him, and he's going to score a ridiculous amount because of it. Um, the other hand, if this is a striking match, I fully expect him to get knocked out and very quickly because Borshev is a monster. Um, so I do agree both ways. I Like I said, I do have Nazim winning because I do think that he is going to – I mean, if he's smart, he's going to go for the takedowns. If he wants to make this a striking match, it's his funeral. Yeah, no, that is concisely put and well put because that is, that's how it's going to go down. Uh, so let's move on to the next fight here. It is um, Matus Rebecki at 9,600 taking on Roosevelt Roberts at 6,600 line on this fight. Rebecca, we we're just talking about how closely lined some of these are. I, I, I promise we're getting there. Uh, minus 700 taking on Roberts at plus 500. Uh, we know Roberts at uh, this is the second sit in the UFC. Went back to the ultimate fighter for the, that lame gimmick they had uh, for their last season. Before that, um, got submitted by uh, notably by Jim Miller, then got beaten up and knocked out by Ignacio Bahamundes. All that is to say, um, he's not my, he's not one of my favorite fighters in the most favorable of matchups, and this ain't one of them. Uh, 
I think Rebecca can kind of do whatever he wants here. Um, Roberts is famously very upright, which gets him hit. Got him stunned by Kevin Kroom before that sub that was overturned. Um, and Rebecca is a good wrestler and grappler too. And if Roberts wants to play there, I mean, I guess you could say that would be the best course for um, him to win in not many good options, but I don't think his willingness to play down there is going to do him any favors. Um, a big salary here, but if it, it, I think Rebecca, let me put it this way: out of all the guys that we've seen who've had the big salary so far, I think Rebecca is the most likely to pay it off. Uh, I hey, don't Chris, like real quick, isn't Kevin yes, Crew the guy who slept with Tim Elliott's wife on his wedding day? I, you know, I believe that is him, Joe. Yeah. Good at uh, we, we aim to entertain. Well, am, I, I was going to – am I um, obligated to say that every time I mention him or Tim Elliott's name? Because I, I think you do. From now on. I mean, okay, you know, it's sure. not too often yeah. that, that a, that a yeah. teammate will actually sleep with your wife on your wedding day. That is – Well, they they have that, 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 that – right there. They, they have that picture at the wedding of he's standing there with the mic and his daughter's there. It's really – it's a – it's a, uh, the kids might say it's a tough scene, uh, man, but uh, we, we will move on. And I'm just going to finish up by saying before at least the wedding. No. <laughs> yeah, sure. I um kind of gross Joe, but I got you. Um, so what I will say is uh, Rebecca is, I mean, cash, cash, cash all day long. Um, I, I, I think there's a little bit of upside here in GPP. I really do it like 105, 108, 110, something like that. And that might not make it in 12, but maybe it will. I, all that is to say, Rebecca is the pick. And we will start with Drake here. Drake, how you see in this one? Um, you could uh, line this fight up 10 times, and I think Rebecca wins 10 times. I don't think minus yeah. 600 is, is enough, to be honest. Uh, Roberts has had his chance in the UFC. He never impressed me with anything that he did. He went on to what you call the gimmick and uh, didn't really do a whole lot there. Then he gets this fight on a week's, uh, you know, a week notice. He came in heavy, which I mean, it's not really a surprise, but there is absolutely nothing to his game that Rebecca will not be able to just be better at. Um, Rebecca has scored, I think, 105 and 120 in both of his wins in the UFC, and this should easily be another 115 plus because he will absolutely ragdoll Roberts wherever this goes. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think this is a pretty easy one. I, I don't see a lot of meat on that bone for Roberts, but we never know. We have to go to Joe. Joe, what do you think? Safest play on the slate. Um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. that translates to also being the highest owned fighter on the slate mm -hmm. and not being an ownership guy. I can still say with confidence that I would be very surprised if he is not the highest owned fighter on the slate. Everybody is going to pencil him into cash. Um, there's enough value in the Cohen main events that you could actually partner him with either side of both of those fights. I think that's going to be a very popular build. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot more to say. I think he wins this however he wants to win this. I just hope he doesn't play with his food because we really want him to to uh, score. Yeah, um, you know, we, we, we always kind of like to drag it out and uh... – you know, give you that hard-hitting analysis, but I, I don't think there was a ton in this one. But I have a feeling there will be a little bit more in this hey, fight. Chris, I need to give a quick shout-out yes. before we move on to the next fight. Yes, um, sir. 
I know we are not directly sponsored by DraftKings, but I know RotoWire does quite a bit of business with DraftKings. I think they provide data for for different sports. Drake, you're the you're the RotoWire guy, so I want to shout out DraftKings. Um, Wait, I was what? invited to an okay. event um, for people who live in the great state of New Jersey. Um, very high class DraftKings. We we got together for Thursday night football uh, at a really good wow. steakhouse called Dino and Harry's in Hoboken. Um, two DraftKings hosts, uh, Ricky and Quentin. Um, it was great. Um, you know, obviously they picked up the tab for everything. They paid for our Ubers so we could drink. Um, they gave a lot of the uh, guests, like we all got to bring a plus one. Um, uh, and they gave guests free bets. And then on the way out, they handed us all, a, they handed us each a bottle of wine. So totally high class wow. event by DraftKings. Um, you know, unfortunately my knees were hurting a bit, so I had to leave a little early, but, um, I want to thank Ricky and Quentin and, you know, just shout out again. You know, they're not directly sponsoring our show. If they wanted to, that would be kind of cool. But I know they do a lot of work with DraftKings with, I'm sorry, with RotoWire. So shout out to DraftKings, very high class organization as it relates to, to comps and, you know, scheduling get togethers. And, you know, they sent me to Sydney earlier in the year, which I thought was awesome. So, um, you know, props to DraftKings. That's the shout out. We can move on to the next fight. Yeah, and I would say we are certainly not above accepting comps, accepting free rooms, whatever you'd like to give us. So uh, just something to keep in mind as we move on to the next fight. It is uh, Lupe Godinez at 8,700, taking on Tabitha Ricci, the baby shark, at 7,500 line on this fight. Lupe uh, Godinez at minus 175, Tabitha Ricci plus 150. And I am a bit like Joe. I don't, I'm not a huge prognosticator on um you know ownership generally i do think tabitha ricci is going to be pretty highly owned here and i think that because you know we know that she's a grappler we know that she goes for her takedowns and she's a dog here and so i think on a on a big slate specifically you're going to get um some high ownership on her that is part of the reason i'm on uh loopy the other part is that i just i see her as the better striker i see her as the more imposing as far as strength goes, um, not a big discrepancy here, certainly in height, but I think Ricci is is five one, which which is a, a very a slight build. I don't see her as a particularly strong fighter, and I think if this um, we always hear, and sometimes true, sometimes uh, not, but we always hear um, two two grapplers a striking match, and I think if that happens, it's a really big boon for uh, Lupi, who I think has the more power. I think really came in her own as far as striking goes in that Elise Reed fight. You can say, okay, it was Elise Reed, but it was still, I think, an impressive performance where, you know, she was able to pressure her. She was able to kind of just put her on an island and and let her combinations go. And I think um, she will be the stronger party and and thus the uh, the better grappler here as well. So I'm actually going to go what I what I would consider to be at least a contrarian favorite here, and I'm going to take uh, uh, Lupi Godinez. I believe we're going to start it with Drake here first. So, uh, how are you seeing this one, Drake? I am opposite. I ah. love Richie in this fight. She yeah. continues to be one of my favorite fighters in you know in the in that division, and I personally think that she is the better striker, wrestler, and grappler in this fight. Um, if you look at their strength, uh, you know, uh, the opponents that each has faced, 
Um, Ricci's has significantly gotten better over time. Loopy is still fighting people like Emily Ducati and Reed, who are pure strikers. Um, the wrestler she did fight was uh, Cynthia Calvillo. And, I mean, she got, though she got the win in that fight, she didn't win that fight. Um, Calvillo owned that fight. Um, and, you know, you know, before then it was Angela Hill, Carnalosi, and Luke Boumin, who they're, they're all strikers. You know, so she has not faced anybody like Ricci. She is going to have pressure in her face the entire time. Normally, she's the one putting that pressure in. I don't think she's going to be able to in this one. I think Ricci takes her down, and it's going to be over quick. Yeah, I do think I do think um, it's going to hinge on whoever can win that pressure war. So we will see who comes out on top of that. But Joe, break the tie here. What do you think? Wow, I'm, I'm another another rare disagreement with Jake here. Um, <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to have to take this from PG-13 to MA. Um, Ricci oh, scores don't. very high on the Vaseline index. I mean, no, I knew um, it was very, very high. I mean, she's right up there with Mackenzie Dern post-divorce on the Vaseline index. So she is going to get a lot of love. Um, I get that. Um, if you – you should watch weigh-ins and look at the size differential between Loopy and, and Ricci. Um, I am not going to talk you out of having a few shares of Ricci – um, at her price point, um, at her, you know, I, I wouldn't say there's odds value there, but there's definitely upside. Um, you know, she tends to score um, well in her wins. Although, um, Lupe Godinez is coming off of a 128-point score. Again, obviously, it was against Reed. Um, Ducati is no joke, though. I mean, I think she was the Invicta champion, actually, um, at the weight class. Um, 88 points there, um, you know. Not great against not great against Calvio. Lost to Hill. Uh, Hill we saw has some resurgence, but she put up 128 points against Carmelosi and 127 points against Gomez Juarez. So I think this fight should be targeted because, and I don't know if a lot of people are talking about targeting this fight, but I think this fight I think this fight should be targeted because I could see a hundred point upside in either direction on this fight. So if you have a stance, you know definitely. But have a few shares the other way. I'm going to have shares of Ricci. Even in my top 20, I'm going to have shares of Ricci. Um, but I like, I think Gadinius is actually, I like her as, as a wager. And I think the size differential, especially standing, is going to be too much. And I also think that she is going to be better off her back if she gets taken down than Ricci's last opponent. So um, give me Gadinius here, but let's target this fight and let's play both sides on DraftKings. Yeah, I agree with the target. I agree that it's an interesting one that can go both ways. I agree with having uh, shares of both, but I, I, I particularly agree, Joe, about the size point. I think that and the pressure is going to carry the day, but we will see. Okay, uh, next fight before the pay-per-view card, the, uh, the featured prelim, as you might say, is um, Steve Erseg at 8,600, taking on Alessandro Costa at... 7,600, the line on this fight. Costa can be had at, uh, I'm sorry, Erseg can be had at minus 190. Costa can be had at plus 160. Erseg is my boy. I uh, got him as the winner at my, at sub 7,000. Um, his last card, his, his debut against Dvorak. I like him again here. I think he can do a bit of everything. He's obviously a grappler by trade. But, you know, I like his frame for the division. I like his aggressiveness. I think he's got a little bit of power, even though it hasn't shown up on the record yet. 
but I do think it's there. Um, certainly the submission threat is what we're all looking at here. Alessandro Costa, I liked in the last fight that he, he went to the body a lot. Um, so I like that about him. I don't know if that's a, a new wrinkle for him per se. But um, what I didn't like was the fight before that where he basically just got um, the octagon taken away from him and uh, lost the fight. I think something similar can happen here. I like Ursig uh, quite a bit, especially if he goes for those takedowns and he gets his grappling situations. Um, I think he can uh, pay this off, but we will start with Joe. Joe, what are you looking at here? Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I mean, I think that the first round could be interesting in this fight. Um, Ursig uh, cashed as a plus 240 underdog. Three takedowns, uh, to your point. Um, you know, decent, very good draft. What was his DraftKings score? I, I can't recall, but I don't think it was. I, thought, I think his DraftKings score was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't oh, tremendous. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, it was, I think it, it was great. It was 69 yeah. points at 6.8K, though. Right, but it was a six point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, so if you were using him as a dog, yeah. So, again, I don't know what this fight is going to score. That's my problem with this fight. Um, I will be completely honest that I did not spend a ton of time looking at this fight. So, um, I'll defer to Drake and Chris here. Um, I looked at this as having an interesting first round, potentially. Um, and then Ursig kind of pulling away. Don't know if he gets the finish. Um, don't know if this is, uh, I, I don't think this is a good fight to target. Probably a better fight to bet, um, than target for DraftKings. But I, I'm going to pick Ursig. Um, you know, off of his one fight resume as a 240-plus dog, I think he's probably a better fight, better all-around fighter. Um, 8.6K, it's kind of tough. I don't know how I'm going to get to him that often in DraftKings, but I'll take Ursic for the win. <coughs> yeah, you know, he doesn't, didn't score great, but Dvorak is kind of a guy who's a little bit hard to look good against even if you beat him. He's pretty good defensively. Uh, he doesn't give a lot away. He strikes me as one of those kind of fighters. I think there's a lot more... Uh, on the bone, I'll say I'll use this expression again. A lot, little bit more meat on the bone here for Ursig in this matchup. But uh, Drake, how you see in this one? I am actually a really big fan of Ursig. Um, Costa, he was the uh, the Lux uh, champion out in Mexico, and you know then he got his uh, contender series fight, and now he's in the UFC. He's definitely got some solid power. He's got some good striking. Uh, that said. Uh, his overall body of work, I don't find the most impressive, especially coming out of the promotion that he came from. Um, Steve Ursek really impressed me in his debut against uh, Dvorak, and that was also a short notice debut. Um, he was able to put Dvorak, who actually has pretty solid takedown defense on the ground, uh, what'd you say, three times? Um, and we didn't really get to witness his grappling in that one. I fully expect us to see every bit of his grappling in this fight. I think it'll be on display round one, and I think he even wins by submission round one. I love Ursek for this card. Yeah, I yeah, I could see it. And, uh, you know, if he does, he'll pay off big. So uh, so we're looking out for that. And uh, all right, so we've now finished the prelims and the um, non-pay-per-view portion. Before we get to the pay-per-view portion, we are going to take a quick break for our audio-only listeners. And for you fine folks, we will be right back. And we're back. Uh, thank you all for hanging out. I hope you did something productive during the break. 
for the people watching on YouTube, you got to stare at our beautiful faces, which is always good, I'm sure. Um, okay, so we're starting off the pay-per-view card with uh, Pat Sabatini taking on 80, I'm sorry, for 8,300 rather, taking on Diego Lopes at 7,900. And this was one of the, these close ones that we're talking about. In fact, this might, this might uh, be the king of that, the best example that we have on this card. Uh, line on the fight, Pat Zabatini at minus 120. See, I wasn't kidding. And Diego Lopes at plus 100. Now, this is, you know, I expect, fully expect opinions to be all over the map on this one. But we'll see what we get. For me, um, Sabatini has more power. And he's stronger. And the strength is really going to matter here because I think his control grappling is going to be too much uh, for Lopes here. I don't think Lopes is going to be able to be as tricky on the bottom as he has been in in, in recent fights. Um, we've seen Sabatini, too, really use that fence well um, in his takedowns to pin his opponent there and stop them from being able to swivel their hips or being able to recapture guard. And things like that. I really think Sabatini is the best of all worlds with the strength, with the power, with the, um, you know, decent boxing from range. But I do expect this to be a ground ground fight. And if Lopes takes it there, I don't think he's going to be very happy. I think this fight is going to be Sabatini controlled. And even if uh doesn't get a submission, I expect him to get it done. And we will start with, uh, I think, Joe to kick us off. Joe, where do you see this fight? Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. I mean, you got two black belts. I think there's a fair amount of recency bias um, on Lopes. I mean, obviously, he performed above and beyond expectations against Eloviv, um, which was a fight that I was at in Newark. Everybody was shocked how good he looked, um, you know, throwing up submissions from his back and, you know, really doing well against an opponent that everybody thought had him outclassed by a mile. You know, then he came back at 8.3K. Um, put up what 90 points, um, you know, in his win against Gavin Tucker. Now he's up against Pat Sabatini, and there's actually line value, um, on Lopes. Um, you know, Sabatini, other than losing to Damian Jackson, has got a pretty good resume. You look at his last three wins, he's put up over 100 points, um, in his last three wins, and he is cheap. I mean, you look up, you look up 105 points at 8.7K, then 9,200, 9, 106 points, 9,100, 114 points, and now he's back down to 8,300. So I think this is a great fight to target. I do think that uh, Lopes is going to be very popular. I think he's going to be, I think he's the, the darling. He's getting touted. I think people are, um, you know, looking at recency bias here. I am going to build a few lineups with with Lopes, but I think Pat Sabatini is sneaky here. I mean, I originally was going to pick Lopes to win, and then I thought about it, and I, I, I did a bit more research, and I looked at, you know, Pat Sabatini's resume, and while, you know, I think Lopes has a shot to certainly win this fight, I, I got to believe that Sabatini is the better black belt. So how is he going to win this fight? Standing? I mean, I don't know, man. Um you know, so give me Sabatini here, but target this fight and play both sides on DraftKings. Yeah, target, play both, play Sabatini more, and I believe Drake agrees. But let's see, Drake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm. Uh, so as I was at the beginning of the week when I was starting to do all my research, 
Um, I actually saved this fight for last because on paper, just looking at it, this was the fight that I had the hardest time choosing between. And then I got into my research and everything that Joe just mentioned is, is pretty much spot on. Um, you know, I, I think Lopes, his best chance to win here is to keep it on the feet and land something flush the same way Damon Jackson did. The problem is Sabatini actually has, if you go through and watch his, his fights and, you know, the way he trains, he has an exceptionally high fight IQ. And it's, I think it's going to be a lot of him using his strength to keep him, to keep Lopes on the mat. Um, whether he wins by, you know, an early submission, ground and pound, whatever it is, I think that he's going to score well. Um, the uh, Diego Lopes, his his takedown defense is actually really questionable too. He was taken down three times uh, by Joe Anderson Brito in his contender series fight back in 2021. And then he obviously got taken down by Evloev. Um who is an extremely experienced grappler. And then they, you know, they gave him a bit of an easy fight with Gavin Tucker. Not that Gavin Tucker is bad, but he hadn't fought in over two years. So it was a return fight and he kind of, you know, got a, a gift in a way. Um, but yeah, I love Sabatini in this one. 8,300 is too cheap when you can, when we could easily see him score 110 plus. Um, but yeah, Lopes is definitely live if, you know, if he keep this on the feet. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting fight. Uh, you can play both, and uh, I really think that this is one of those fights where having having the winner is going to be really important because whoever wins this fight is really going to score well. And uh, I also like this next one now. We're talking about 9,000-plus 9, 9, guys you shouldn't play, and here's one I think you have to just play all day long. It is Benoit Saint-Denis at 9,100, taking on Matt Favola at 7,100. Line on this fight, uh, Santini, minus 220, comeback on Fola, plus 180. Um, count me among those who was just um, really not not early to the party at all on Santini. Um, comes from his Aleski's Eliza Dos Santos fight where he just got destroyed, I guess, and I was just looking for more. I really thought Thiago Moises was going to have an easy, a better time uh, maybe using his jujitsu, maybe using his movement and boxing that had looked improved in fights before that, and it just didn't happen. Santini ran him over, and Matt Frivola has already been run over by strong, persistent grapplers in the UFC. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't happen here. Has he got power? Yes, he has power. Is he accurate? Yes, he is accurate. But we saw the beating I just mentioned, and if Santini can take that for three rounds, he can... Take a little heat from Frivola as well to get this fight where he wants it. I can see this. A lot of what Santini does best, a lot of rinse and repeat. And for 9,100, I mean, he'll probably be popular because all you got to do is look at the guy's previous scores and uh, and you pick him here at 91. But, you know, I'm going to have to brave that. I mean, if the field's going, if the field's going, you know, 45, 50, 60, I'm going to go 70, 80, 90. I, I like this fight. I like Santini in this spot so much. Definitely my favorite favorite on the card, to put it that way. But let's see what these guys think. Uh, Drake, how you see in this one? I am completely in agreement with you. I really like Santini in this fight. Um, I've been on him in his four-fight win streak. He has been extremely impressive, especially in his fights against uh, one of the two Bonfim brothers, although it is the worst of the two Bonfim brothers. And then his last fight against Tiago Moises, I was all over him. I you know, I absolutely just smashed that. And, uh, you know, my other show and my article, but 
as, as far as this fight goes, I think a lot of people are going to be really having a heavy on Frivola, given that his last four fights have ended in the first round with the last three being knockouts by himself. Um, he is, a, you know, he's also, a, you know, a credentialed wrestler, but he, we haven't really seen him use it. Um, I, I think, you know, Denny just bull rushes him. And though he could get countered, he does have, you know, he's got a chin. We've seen him get rocked and he continues to motor through. When you bull rush like that, you have to. Uh, but yeah, he scores really well on DraftKings. And I think the winner of this fight scores well either way. So you have to target this fight for GPP. Um, you know, whichever side you're on, you it's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's a good point about Frivola uh, for sure with the three knockouts and him being so cheap now, but uh, one does not just knock out uh, Benoit Anthony. So that's easier said than done. And uh, Joe, we're going to cap it off. What are you seeing in this fight? Yeah. So please don't check my math because it was, it was very quick. But if you look at the last three wins by each one of these fighters, <coughs> excuse me, the average winning score is 130 points. <laughs> Again, don't check my math. It was right off the cuff. Um, but it's pretty close to that number, right? So targeting this fight is maybe an understatement. Um, I think Fervola is going to be popular because of recency bias and the fact that he's a Long Island fighter, right? Like he's been fortunate enough, I think, to fight the last three times in either New York or New Jersey. Um, you know, and and again, he's fighting there again. So he's he's got a commute to the uh, fighter hotel, right? He could drive. He could take the train if he wants. Um you know, Saint-Denis coming from France. Um, I do like Saint-Denis in this fight. Um, I think 9.1K, um, reasonable salary. I think he's going to be popular. I think Fervola is going to have grassroots support, which might drive his ownership up a bit. And I certainly would not um, discourage you from taking a shot uh, on Fervola in GPPs, especially at his price point. Um, you know, yeah, t- take take a stab. But I think the smart play here is, is Saint-Denis. Yeah, I think it has to be St. Denis. I mean, this is one where, like, I like it so much and it's such a reasonable price that I'm almost afraid of it because it's like, you know, I'm going to go all the way on this. And uh, it's almost it almost feels too good to be true, but that will not stop me from taking it. It has not in the past. It will not here. Uh, let's move on to the next fight. It is Mackenzie Dern at 9,000 taking on Jessica Andrade <coughs> at 7,200 line on this fight. Dern can be had at minus 210. Come back on Andrade plus 180. And this fight depresses me because I, as a badge of honor almost, as a point of principle, I would not pick Mackenzie Dern. I just didn't think somebody with such a low, such an unbelievably low takedown success rate could be successful if they were a pure uh, jiu-jitsu player, grappler. Um, that doesn't matter here because Jessica Andrade is just so unbelievably sloppy and messy. It's almost like, you know, the way I described it in my article was once it was like, I, not not completely measured, but way more measured sort of pace and stalking. And now it just seems like reckless flailing. And, um, you know, for that, I mean, certainly off balance, she can get taken down. But even if she couldn't, I mean, she's going to hand during a tie up. Uh, probably pretty early on, and and I don't think she's going to need any more than that. But beyond that, I mean, she went, what was it, three for nine, uh, Mackenzie Dern, in her last fight as far as takedown goes? Now, that's not a great percentage, but it's good for her, which I believe upped it to about 17%. 
which shows you just how bad it was before that. Um, I, I could say her striking is coming along, which might be relatively true, but that's certainly not something we're going to be relying on in this fight. Now, Andrade um, throws hammers, knocks people out in this division. You have to have shares of her. She is a GPV play all the way if you want to take it there. As far as the pick, I don't see a way clear to picking her. I just don't in this spot. The play is Mackenzie Dern. Um, you know, uh, this could be more cashy, especially if it is one of those situations where the sub just comes from like a tie-up in the first round. She doesn't get a lot done. That could certainly be the case, something like that. But um, I think more likely she lands uh, at least a few strikes, maybe gets a takedown. But I have to pick Dern here. I think that is the play. Joe, um, let's keep it G-rated for the audience. And uh, who you got in this one? I can't do that. I'll go PG-13. Um, oh Post-divorce, Dern is a beast. Um, and I, I do take some umbrage with people on Twitter saying that, that she's mid, uh, she is not mid. I mean, you know, not at all. I mean, her, her and Richie, yeah, I might have a hard time, but like Dern post-divorce Dern is a beast. Um, she is coming off of 153 point performance against Angela Hill. Amazing. Um, the ghost of Jessica Andrade, this is her fifth fight. She beat the crap out of Lauren Murphy and then lost three and got nuked in three fights, finished. Now, I believe because she's an ex-champ, she's got a pretty decent um, show deal with the UFC. So maybe she's kind of just building up a retirement fund here. But like, we all know that this is a fight for Dern to win. The UFC, surprise, surprise, likes to market fighters who have a story and who are, you know, not hard on the eyes. And that is Dern. Um, they fully expect Dern's going to win this fight. Not the, not that the fix is in. I don't believe the fights are fixed. Not in the UFC. But, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, this is all Mackenzie Dern. I mean, look, can, can Andrade bull rush her and get lucky? Dern, is, his chin has been tested pretty well. Um, you know, I, I really don't see the ghost of Jessica Andrade, you know, even winning a stand-up affair here. I like Dern quite a bit. I think she makes that is wild, but yeah, that, that, the last part can, could just be a hot take by itself, but, um, okay. I, I agree with the overall sentiment. Let's say that. And, uh, Drake, how about you? What do you see? I completely agree with Joe. Uh, not only is she going to be the better grappler, I actually think that her striking has evolved so much since she changed gyms that she is, she is now ahead of her. We saw so a lot of people bagged on Dern for one, not being able to get takedowns, and two, her striking wasn't always good. It was sloppy. It wasn't good. She came out in her last fight against Angela Hill, who's a notoriously good striker. She, you know, she's solid. She's there every fight, and her last fight, you know, showed she still has it. Dern came out and put a beat down on her. Um, I fully expect it to be very similar in this fight. Andrade is like, like you said, she's just too sloppy at this point. She's going to walk forward. She's either going to catch something and she's going to lie flat for a little bit and then submit, submit it, or Dern's just going to trip her and it's going to be, you know, night, night, night that way. Um, I love Dern on this, you know, on this card. I love this fight for her. This is another step up for her. And I think she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. I think that has to be the play. Uh, much to my chagrin. Uh, heading on to the next fight, and it is also, we should say, the co-main event of the evening. It is for the interim heavyweight title, as John Jones and Steve Miocic is no longer on the card. But we have 
a nice little heavyweight fight between uh, two, I guess, up-and-comers, you would say, relatively at least. It is Sergey uh, Tom Aspinall, I guess I'll start with, at 8,200, taking on Sergey Pavlich at 8,000. Line on this fight is uh, pretty much dead even, no matter where you look. It is minus 110s across the board. And my problem with Aspinall is... You know, if you're a heavyweight, if you're at one of the heavier weight classes, you can get away with a lot just by having skills that fighters at those weight classes don't necessarily have, right? So in the case of Aspinall, they aren't really that agile. They aren't really that athletic. Tom Aspinall is that. They can't really grapple, like, at all. Tom Aspinall has some grappling. Okay, so I'm not saying that that's totally carried him. Um, but that fluidity in movement, especially, I think really helps with heavyweight and the power and the whole thing. But Pavlovich is just a monster and, uh, really good at cutting off the cage. We didn't see as many shots as we should have from Curtis Blades. We saw one or two, they got stuffed, uh, fairly easily. Uh, so that is a good sign. And I know we might think we can't glean too much from the, the Blades Aspinall fight because it ended in, uh, in the injury there, but. You know, in the first few exchanges, Blades was getting off on him just by throwing one-twos. And that is not a good sign uh, if you're back in Tom Aspinall here. I really think this is um, a Pavlovich spot to absolutely shine, get another knockout, and call out uh, whoever is the champion, the actual champion, um, the next time he can see them. I, and I also want... Um, I also want Alistair Overeem to be his only loss uh, in the UFC. I think that would be fun. So um, for all of those reasons, I am taking Sergey Pavlovich, and I believe we're starting with Joe here. Joe, how do you see the co-main event? Wow. We're, we're completely aligned here. Um, Tom Aspinall has had a minute and 28 of octagon time in 19 months. Um, again, I, I and he's coming in on a short camp. Um I understand. Look, trust me. I am. I would never try to get into anybody's pocket in terms of money, but and so I understand why he took the fight. Um, I don't know if it was the best decision. Now, look, he'll win the fight, and I'll have egg all over my face, and that'll be, that'll be fine. I'll live. I'll live with that. But we've seen these short notice fights really not work out well. Um, <laughs> I love that. Let the bodies hit the floor. Um, uh, yeah, so I think the 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 short notice, um, you know, the fact that Pavlo is a beast, um, uh, yeah, I've made money on Pavlo. Um, you know, look, Aspinall can put on his wrestling singlet and maybe get this fight down. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to win it that way, but he can make Pavlo uncomfortable and. I am not certainly ruling out. This fight is dead even. I just checked this out. It's minus 110 each way on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so I think there's going to be fairly even action. There seems to be a lot of people that have opinions on this one way or another. Um, I know people that bet Palo at minus 135. They're probably not too happy right now because they could have gotten a better line on this fight. Um, I'm going to have both sides. I'll have some shares of Asnall, but I mean – in the deep part of my gut here, um, I have to believe that this fight lines up much better for Pavlo. Um, and 
when you're coming, when you when you say that you're thinking of retiring because that's how bad your knee injury was, and it did not get tested in a minute and 13 seconds with with Marcin Tabora. So again, I I, have, I mean he trains at some camp in England I've never heard of. So there's not a whole lot of information about how he's looked and you know what he's doing with his camp. Um, you know, Pablo on the other hand has you know really made some strides uh, and trains at a really good camp. Um, so I like Pablo here quite a bit, but I think because of the fact that this is a pretty evenly lined fight, I think that you can afford to have play both sides in GPPs. I don't know that this is a stackable fight at all in cash, no. um, or, you know, I would not stack this fight. I would pick a side, but certainly you could play both sides in GPPs. Yeah. I think that context is important. And also the marching type are a solid fighter, but Nobody's idea of uh, dangerous, so uh, no real test there. But uh, Drake, how you see in the co-main event here? Uh, I mean, I could just say one word and end it, and just leave it at Pavlovich because that's where I'm at. And with everything that was said, it's you know, it's all completely valid and true. And I find this fight to be much more entertaining than what we would have had. Um, nobody wants to see a 40-year-old Stipe go down to, to Jones and then Jones retires because he doesn't want to face either of these two guys. That's yeah. that's how it would have happened, and nobody wants to deal with that. So I'm really glad that this fight got moved. I'm a big fan of both guys. Uh, that said, I just I don't think Aspinall really is ready for this fight, not on a short camp. They, they have. I, I read something earlier today that um, – the guys that train with Pavlovich in the gym, none of them can keep up with the sparring because they just immediately get put down, which, I mean, that's just sparring. That's, that's freaking impressive. He, he hits like a truck. He's fast. I, you know, if Aspinall tries to shoot, he's just, he's going to eat something and it's, it's going to be night, you know, it'll be good night. So I love Pavlovich. Yeah, he is, his odds are great. The DK spot is great. This is just a really good spot to get, you know, to, to win some money. But as far as, you know, GPP goes, you got to play, you know, both of them and at least some of them because somebody's going down in the first. Yep. Agreed. And uh, I, I like, I like Pavlovich quite a bit here too. Um, I just think, I just, I just think all is going to be the one in this fight who's going to need um, the sustained offense. And I don't really see where that's going to come from. So uh, having said that we will move on to the main event. It is, Alex Pereira uh, for the vacant now light heavyweight title. Alex Pereira at 8,400, taking it on the returning Yuri Prohashka at 7,800. The line on this fight, minus 125 for Potan. Yuri Prohashka can be had at plus 105. And I am never somebody. It's entertaining to watch, and he's going to get his wins. And when they do, it's going to be spectacular. I don't like the way Jerry Prohaska fights at a high level. I don't see it translating to a high level, just leaving yourself so open so often, especially against such a concentrated and accurate and powerful striker uh, like Potan. I said earlier, I said um, just before I closed out my last uh, review there that, um, you know, Aspinall is going to need momentum. He's going to need avalanche. He's going to need sustained offense. Well, that's, that's what Jerry's gonna need here, and I just don't. I just don't think he gets it. I think you know he's gonna try to do his little you know spinny looks he do whatever, and uh, Pereira is going to um, scorch the earth with a left hook. 
Uh, I think that that's going to happen more often than not. We have to mention, too, you know, coming back from the shoulder injury, is that going to hamper all the movement he needs, all the, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z? We've seen, you know, obviously weight different situations, weight, weight classes, et cetera. But a guy who relied on a lot of movement still, you know, Dominic Cruz, all the injuries, came back, wasn't the same, was noticeably slower. If Yuri Prohaska even gets a second slower, maybe Tony Ferguson is a better example. If Gary Poski even gets a second slower, what's that going to do to his hitability, which is already uh, through the roof? I mean, Gloria Teixeira, if he would have just kept striking in round five, wins that fight, knocks him out. So taking all that together, like you have to have shares of Poski just because he's so wild, he can make something happen. But uh, I really like Platon in this fight. I think I think Ferrer is the way to go. Um, very reasonable salary. Um, these guys are probably going to be uh, really popular each. I just think this is a great main event to target, to play, and to get fat off of. And I think we do that by um, taking Alex Pereira. And we will start this main event with Drake. How do you see it? I agree with everything that you said. I am all over Pereira. I don't think uh, – so the biggest concern that I have with Prohaska is, is there any lingering effects with the shoulder, especially because he is a guy that predicates his fighting on movement. And if any part of that is slow, then he is he could be in, a, in big trouble. And my biggest thing for Pereira is this fight, for him, his number one thing it needs to be patience. If he's patient in this fight, he wins this fight relatively easily just because of how much uh, Prohaska moves. Is, and You know, if you go watch his fights, he, he spins into Pereira's left hook. And if he does that, we could see him fall flat instantly. Um, Pereira is going to easily have the, you know, the, the quicker and more precise striking by far and away. I don't think we see anything on the mat in this fight. It should be all striking. And uh, though you do need to play both because it's, it's Prohaska and he's, he can have a flashy knockout at any time. I really think that Pereira is the play and particularly at his price on DK. I think he smashes it. Yeah, I, I am in complete agreement. But is Joe in complete agreement? We will find out uh, right now. Joe, yeah, well, I, see the main event. I, I, I do have to say that my initial, and again, you know, curse, you know, curse the boss for sending us uh, an email early in the week and asking for our picks, especially this week when I really got a late start to my research. So I will tell everybody at full disclosure that my initial pick was Peary, was Jury, sorry. Um, was it? Okay. But now, um, shout out to, to, to Mad Lab, former New Jersey resident, now living in California. Um, you, can, you, know, you can check him out on Twitter, at, at Mad Lab. He has a, a free outside of the paywall breakdown on the fight where he talks a lot about the injury, like the kinesiology of the injury that year he has. Um, and I will say, above and beyond anything else, that kind of swayed me a bit. Um, you know, it's well worth a watch. He, he goes kind of in, in depth. He talked to people who has had injuries like that before. It's it's really cool. It's a quick watch. Um, watch it on Twitter. You know, shout out Mike Medlab, um, former New Jersey guy. Um, the, my issue with Pereira is I wasn't that impressed in his last fight. <laughs> now, maybe you could say that it was okay. It was his debut fight at, uh, you know, at, at 205. My other issue is, I never saw Izzy as a power puncher, and Izzy knocked him out. Um, 
I'm going to have shares of, 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 of Yuri. I'm going to have both sides. I'm going to play both sides of this fight. I'm much less confident in the outcome of this fight than I am in, in Pavo Aspinall. <clears throat> I like Pavo a, a lot, a lot more at, you know, as a pick'em than I do, you know, Pereira in this fight. Um, so I'm going to have both sides of this fight for official purposes. I'll flip and I'll make it unanimous on Pereira. And I really hope that you guys are right. Um, you know, but I'm going to have shares of Yuri. I mean, he's priced well. He definitely opened some things up if you want to, you know, build around. Um, you know, I what I would do, honestly, is the co in the main, just build some lineups flipping the fighters around. You know, you got yeah. two five-round fights, right? So build lineups. I mean, you know, flip the fighters around and 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 play that way. Um, but I will change my pick. Apologies if anyone, like, built a lineup based on my initial. You still have time to go in and edit it if you'd like. <laughs> um, I wouldn't do that, but. I'm going to switch over to Pereira. All right. And thus ends this version of Final Q. But before we leave, we are going to do some hot takes. If you are unfamiliar with this, we take a thing or a few things, parlay, single fight, whatever it may be, that has long odds that we feel good about hitting. We present it to you as our hot take that you can make some money off of it. Um, is anybody ready? Does anybody have a hot take? All right, um, so I will flip a coin in my head, and it landed on Drake. Drake, what is your hot take, sir? Uh, so I got two of them. I got a little uh, four-fighter parlay. I got Pavlovich, Kong, St. Denny, and Pereira. Those four guys together, it's about plus 950, depending on where you're at. I love that parlay piece. Uh, and then, the, you know, the other one is a bit riskier. The last time that um, – Ricci was on a title card like this. I had her by submission. She got that arm bar against Penne. It was like minus 2,000 at the time. This time it's only or, uh, plus 2,000. This time it's plus 900. I'm going with it again. I believe, I truly believe she's the better grappler in that fight. But those are my two. Yeah, no. I, and uh, I, I like everybody uh, in that parlay there. I think that's a good one. Uh, Joe, what about you? What do you got? So. It's not going to be as sexy as, as what Drake just gave, but I am going to give you a plus money bet that I'm very confident in that you could actually take and build other pieces around. Um, I really, 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 really like Mackenzie Dern to win by finish at plus 100. Now, the reason why I'm not going sub is because I do not want to get into a situation where she might win by ground and pound and, a, and, a, and, a, and the ref steps in and, and you know, essentially pulls her off. So I don't want to get that cute, although I, I really do think she will win by sub, but I, I am willing to forego the extra juice and just take plus 100. And I think you can build some really interesting, like if you wanted to like say parlay Dern by finish with Pavo, that's like plus 250 or 260. Like you can really build some nice parlays around Dern by finish. I really like that bet. Um, I haven't bet it yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to be, you know, I'm going to be doing a fair amount of bets on this card. Um, you know, I might even play more in wagers than I do on DraftKings um, because I do like, I, I like a bunch of spots. Um, but Dern by finish at plus 100, work her in um, various, look, and if you want to, if you want to hedge your bet and, and, you know, take Dern on the, on the straight money line, you know, at a smaller amount, you know, to hedge. You know, feel free to do that. There are a lot of different strategies you can follow, but 
you know, I'm going to bet Dern by finish straight up at plus 100. Uh, I'm going to put her in parlays. And I may do a slight hedge, um, you know, where I take Dern on the money line in those same parlays, you know, at and forego some of the juice, you know, just in case, even though we haven't seen it, <laughs> just in case, uh, you know, Andrade is maybe on, on, on some, you know, Brazilian vitamins and, and takes this fight into three rounds. Um, so I will do a little bit of a hedge there, but Dern at plus money to actually finish, win by finish. All right. And uh, you guys know that I had to do it to you. Take a little bit of a longer um, shot. It is Dennis Bazuksha by KOTKO plus 800. It's a spicy meatball, guys. Um, put like $5 wow. on it and uh, go get yourself a steak or something. Um, all right. You know, but, I, want, uh, I want to add something. Is, so your Bazooka yeah. pick there. Not entirely that bad. So he's a he's a New York kid. He's from Staten Island. So he's fighting at home. So I think if he wins, he will. Well, yeah, he's Sierra Longo. I think if he wins, which I don't think he will, I don't. Either. I don't see him winning by decision. So I, I don't hate that play either. Right. Drake, do me a favor yeah. when you when you were if you think of it, can you just um, DM me in Twitter your parlay because I didn't write it down. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I, I want, yeah. I'm definitely going to tail it. Just I'll throw a few bucks on it just to tail it. Sounds and good. Chris, yeah. I, I don't hate that play. I mean. Uh, I honestly don't plus, think he's going to win. I think his record is padded, but hey, he does plus eight hundred. How can I finish? How can you go wrong for plus eight hundred? It cannot uh, be done. Look, it cannot be done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so you know, we, takes in chat, huh? Well, no, we do. I, I was going to introduce it first, Joe. I was going to say, chat, if you have any hot takes, now is the time. And I do see one here. It is from our friend Zero, Ooh. who says. Pav and Jiri by KO. I don't hate so, it. What does uh, that pay? Hook those two up. I I have not looked. I don't know. Um, well, maybe, I don't. I don't hate that at all. Maybe maybe our friend in chat knows. If not, um, I assume that it's a little bit juicy at the least. And you know, we've been talking all show since we've gotten to these fights that both of these fights are going to end in knockout. So you know, why not take a shot? We know they're both capable of it. So. Uh, Definitely something to be said for that. Oh, well, by the way, I would be neglectful if I didn't mention that um, if you guys play on DraftKings Sportsbook, they are offering a UFC boost. So, like, ah. you could get a boosted parlay. Uh, I think it's up to $100. They'll give you a boost. Um, I have to drive 100 criteria, miles but... just to get to a DraftKings Sportsbook, just so you know. <laughs> Oh, you, you guys can't play in, in, in No, Wisconsin doesn't have No, I can. I can. He can yeah. I can't. Oh no. But so what is is it has it gone under has it gone up for vote? Um it keeps getting denied over and over. And the part of it is because we have all of our uh, uh you know Native American tribes that are uh, fighting it as well. So right. Yeah. It's a freaking mess. But it's well, that, that uh, by the way, that net knockout parlay pays plus five sixty. All right. Yeah, look at that. All right. Well, um, looks like um, we are all done. So thank you all so much. I want to say thank you to Drake again. It's always um, so much fun when he's here. Second time in a row now. Hopefully we can make a habit of this. Um, follow him on Twitter, at DBirds. Uh, Drake, do you have anything you want to promote? Anything you want to say about yourself there? 
No, you know, I have a lot of fun doing this. Um, I have another show that I do with my buddy, Joey. Uh, he's in the, the chat, pops up every so often. Um, we just have a little show, and then I write my article on, uh, you know, on Rotowire. So um, I love doing this stuff. I love, you know, talk, talking about it with you guys. So it, it's just a blast. Look, Chris, I'm ready to make this official. Are you? That we, we uh, actually have, we have Drake on permanently, and then maybe what we do is we bring in some guests, um, you know, to break down fights, like have a, have a four-man right pod with some guests but let's make if drake is up for it let's just make them official Absolutely. yeah hey i'm i am all for it i i was gonna wait to surprise him but uh yeah let, <laughs> yeah let's, no let's, let's go let's, for let's, it let's do it yeah all right Absolutely. you are officially yeah, so. part of fight iq um those who reached out to me who were interested in being guests we will have you come on uh, either do a four-man pod or have you come on and you know break down some fights i think that could be really cool um, you know, but we'll make Drake, Drake is the official, uh, official member of fight IQ. Absolutely. That's settled. I love it. I love oh, and it. I, I do have it. one more thing to tout and again, you I, guys know, I don't, I don't like, I don't have anything to tout that makes me money. Um, that's not me. I, I, I work a full-time job. So, um, one of the things that's really coming together, um, and I think it's going to be great is, and for those of you who followed me on Twitter, um, I really appreciate the response and I'm, I'm actually kind of moved by it. Um, myself, Brett Apley. Um, Brett, I've known since we both started playing MMA, like back in 2015. Um, we had a little pod that we did called Creating Alpha. And we are going to bring that back one time for the final pay-per-view card of the year. And we're going to do it in a way that we bring in um, OGs from everywhere in MMA Twitter to come on and do a segment, either to break down a fight. And some of the guys that we've got, we've got who committed already, who said they would do it. Now, obviously, this all needs to come together, and it's going to take a lot of planning to make it work. But we had guys like Gam Lu, who is on, um, you know, who is on the first strike pod and runs a very successful service of his own um, about business podcast. We've got Greg, who works for uh, Stochastics, who's going to come on and talk about Rainmakers. Um, you know, we got... Um, our friend Narco Cop, who's who's a props guy and full time poker player, he's going to come on and talk about props. You know, um, Dan Levy, best fight picks, five hundred shows. Um, you know, Mike's MMA, like guys who have been on MMA Twitter for a long time, have all put up their hands and said, "Yes, I'll, I'll come on and break down a fight." Technical Tim, you know, who's been crushing it in Daily Fan MMA, who's like my personal consigliere, you know, when it comes to bets. Um, you know, so like all these guys are going to come on, they'll break down a fight. They'll talk about rainmakers. They'll talk about props. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's going to be really, really cool. Um, you know, across all different platforms, you know, um, all different, you know, content providers. I think it's going to be awesome. You know, so that's the only thing I'm touting. And again, this puts no money in my pocket. I, we, we're not sponsored, you know, this is not behind the paywall. We're just kind of doing this for the community and I'm really excited about it. And, you know, we'll put more information. If anybody is, if anyone can work at putting together a flyer for this, who's listening, I, I would appreciate the help. Uh, maybe I'll like, I'll comp you to like somebody's service for a month or something. Um, you know, if you're willing to work on putting a flyer together, but like, I think this is going to be really cool. So that's the only thing I have to tout. Um, and I think I'll, I'll talk more about it, but I think it's going to be great. All right. I don't know. That sounds amazing. And I would assume for updates, uh, follow you on Twitter at Sun Tzu. Yeah, follow me correct? on Twitter at Sun Tzu. That's really the only platform, uh, S-U-N-T-S-C-U, just like below. 
Um, I really don't do a lot else, but, um, you know, uh, feel free to DM me. Um, uh, again, I've kind of backed off from talking about things other than fights um, on Twitter just because it's a slippery slope. Um, so I pretty much keep it to fights and like reviewing TVs, uh, reviewing TV shows, <laughs> um, maybe the occasional movie. I, I try to avoid politics um, just because it's never really worked well. Um, you know, so yeah, at Sun Tzu. I thought I thought you you said you reviewed different makes of TVs. No, that, well, that would be uh, that would be nice. Yeah, that would that would be some niche content for sure. Yeah, that but, would be um, niche. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for the show again. Thank you, Drake. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everybody who tuned in, contributed in any way. We will see you for the next pay review, and until then, goodbye and good luck in your contests. Yep.